0: Post your free job on slash recommend today.
1: But joining us in studio is David Hellman back from Hollywood. And on last night with the Get Right. That's right. I'm just, I'm like the,
2: I'm the, I'm the utility guy for the shows today for, (laughs) for this 24 hour period. Utility infielder. Hey guys, what's up?
1: All I have is like nerdy media questions, but I know we're supposed to. Hammer the Cowboys in the NFL with you. And well, I just you're in
2: mean, luck. They haven't done anything. There's nothing to talk about <laughs> anyway.
1: I know. Are you surprised? Not even slightly. Do uh, you support the approach?
2: Um, okay. Like no, but I don't think I'm as angry about it as some people. I've I said this a few times. I think my stance is is fairly well known if you follow my work. Like my work. Well, I mean, well, that's a national what, guy. Not e- no, I'm not even talking.
0: I'm, I've
2: been writing about this dumb team for ten years. I like, got uh, you know, I've got quite a few bylines about what I think about the Cowboys. My work. Um, no, I I said this yesterday. Like there was maybe one deal that happened yesterday, maybe two, where I was like, oh, the, the Cowboys should have been in on this. Like the vast majority of the deals that get done on the first day of free agency. I think the Cowboys are smart for not doing it. The problem is I don't trust that they're going to ever try to supplement that. And what I've said, especially this year, this is, this is a really underwhelming free agent class. Like when you just go through the names and the guys available for the amount of money, you look at it and you're like, okay, I don't blame the Cowboys for not chasing a lot of this. But what I would love to see is maybe get active in the trade market for the first time in your life, like truly getting active. You know, you hear reports yesterday that a team like Denver is shopping their receivers, be it Cortland Sutton, be it Jerry Judy. We've all breathlessly talked about DeAndre Hopkins enough. We don't have to do it anymore. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey's off the table now. But you know there are guys that can be had, and I think there are guys that could be had without having to give up a first-round pick. I would love to see something like that. I don't care if you don't want to give Tremaine Edmonds $80 million. I don't really think that's a wonderful idea anyway, but... There's half a dozen other ways that they could improve this team that I doubt they will do, but that's the stuff I'd like to what see. What were
1: the deals yesterday where you were like, I wouldn't have minded them being in on that?
2: The two that came to mind, um, David Long, the Tennessee linebacker, going to Miami. I know he's had some injury issues, so I don't want to be too firm about that, but two years for $11 million, when we're sitting here mm-hmm. talking about bringing Leighton Van Der Esch back, what he might be worth, he's a hell of a player when he's healthy. That That stuck out to me. And then the other one was uh, Patrick Peterson, especially when I saw the money. Two years, I think it was fourteen million dollars. What did you hold up an L? Yes. Oh, that's not even an LSU thing. I know I'm wearing an <laughs> no, LSU. Right I, know.
3: Know. No, yeah, LSU. I thought
1: that's he was a loser. No, LSU. I thought he was
2: saying like L take. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> no, it's the
1: no, LSU the, thing.
2: The, the TJ Edwards one I thought was a, was was one that, that's not a bad deal either. I mean, yeah. it's what six seven million bucks a year for a line for a linebacker who was really really good last year. Yeah, and I think. Um, the Houston edge rusher, Obo O'Krawanko, got like $13 million in Cleveland. That's not a terrible deal. But uh, Patrick Peterson specifically, just because, I mean, he did go to LSU, let's be real. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, you, he, he played, he had one of the better seasons of the second half of his career for Minnesota last year. He would be coming into a situation where there's talent around him. You're not asking him to be the best member of your secondary, you're asking him to be a stopgap uh, to take the pressure off you in the draft. Uh, I thought that would have worked. Obviously, I mean, it's too, well, I guess it's not too late since nobody can sign until tomorrow. Right. I don't think the Cowboys are interested in him, but how, I would have been.
1: How did you feel about the Ramsey deal from a Cowboy perspective?
2: Yeah, that's, I mean, even even with the money, and that's what the Cowboys are always going to say is like, oh, the money, you can make that stuff work. Um, and the price that they paid, even if, even if Jalen Ramsey's on the back of his prime, even if he's only got like two more really high quality seasons left, that's plenty. That's a Super Bowl window. Super Bowl windows aren't five or six years; they're one or three. Um, now
1: you're probably having to give up your second, right? Because you were 20 picks behind. the Who Dolphins. are you
2: going to draft in the second round when you're picking it. Trayvon
1: Diggs, Dave?
2: Even um, Trayvon <laughs> Diggs became Trayvon Diggs in year two. If you're trying to win a Super Bowl, what you're getting at what, what's their second round pick? 58. Yep. So what I mean when you're you're talking about right now, and I get it, draft picks are about more than that. But who's going to give you more over the course of two seasons, especially when you've already found Trayvon Diggs? You don't need to find him again. They picked Tristan Hill at fifty-eight. The, the, thank you for that, Bobby. I appreciate. He that. was a stud. Uh, let's. I mean, hey, stud. Okay, Trayvon Diggs is a good answer. <laughs> good job, Marinelli. <laughs> that, that was a really good Marinella. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Tristan Hill. Uh, I mean, Cheeto Owusie became a, a solid player, but you're not. I mean, you're doing that deal every time for a guy like Jalen Ramsey, so. Yes, I I would have absolutely been interested in you that. You
3: know who I think they would have been interested in yesterday that signed? Not at the price he signed. I think they would have liked Bobby Okariki, The the linebacker oh. from Indianapolis that signed with the Giants. But the he Pat, signed he signed, feet draft pick. He, he signed the Bobby Wagner deal that we had suggested a couple weeks ago. It was 10 million a year, 4 years. Wagner
1: My, and Odell in or out. Uh it, I mean it's
2: boring. It's always price. Like what am I paying Odell? If I'm if Odell will come here on a one or two year Prove a deal where I'm paying him less than ten a year. I feel good about it. If he wants like three years, thirty-five million, I don't think I love that. Bobby Wagner, same thing. The deal he got from the Rams last year, he signed for like five and forty last year, didn't he?
3: Uh, no, he signed for ten million. It was five for fifty, but it ended up being essentially a one-year deal because he negotiated As, himself. I mean, it,
2: yeah, if and if you can get that, fine. If you can make sure you can get out of the deal quickly. That's, I'm always looking at price and how quickly can you get out of the deal. If Bobby Wagner wanted to come here for, yeah, a deal that I could get out of in a year or two that pays 10 or less a year, sure, bring it on.
1: Like, those guys are, are, are at the age,
2: though, where they wouldn't – like, prove-it deals aren't really their thing, right? Because they're, they're too old to do that. I don't – yeah, I think of it less as a prove-it deal and more as like a – Like this this allows it's like a ring chasing deal like this allows you to get out. I mean, it's just as good for you to be able to get out quickly because it's more deals you can sign and it's more opportunities to go to a good team if this doesn't work out.
1: David Hellman, FS1 in studio for the hour here on Sean, RJ and Bobby. When we were doing the draft, we would look at the Steelers or the Ravens picks with envy, right? Like oh yes, whoa, they went right off the board. Dang it, that must have been a smart pick. Or right after it, of course, it's it fell the to Ravens. them. Do you have like Howie Roseman envy kind of now? Has he has he reached that category where you're like, I know that was probably a smart move. Yes,
2: yes. Uh I actually, I spent. You know, I do speak on FS1 with. Let oh. me you see your work. Thank you. God, I never <laughs> live down the stuff I say you all. <laughs> ever, ever. I wasn't even talking about TV. No, I-,
0: <laughs> I... I was talking about my other career. I was talking
1: about all other the other places you my can my consume <laughs> David <laughs> Hellman content. I hate it here. Aren't you the big... He's the star. Is it the big lead?
3: Oh, yeah. The big lead loves love Dave Hellman. Yeah. I, and this is not the first time. Uh, Dave Hellman, by the way, if you didn't know, at the... Uh, what was the... What's the LSU paper? Uh, the Daily Reveille. The Daily Reveille, Reveille. where they... Uh, I believe it was there. Maybe it was somewhere else where off. they said, as long as there, when he was in college, zero. as long as there are writers like Dave Hellman, the future of media is in okay. good hands. Yes. Y'all is that me.
1: Jason McIntyre site still?
2: Y'all are hurting
3: my Big feelings yes. right now.
1: Why are no. hurting your feelings? We're gassing I, you up.
2: No, but I don't like that. I like to, you know. Keep it humble. Um, What were we talking about? <laughs> Howie Roseman. Oh, no, so I do the show with Emmanuel Acho and Shady McCoy, wow. both of which who played for the Eagles. So they both have a really good relationship with howie roseman and like you know on a national tv show you're probably not talking a whole lot about gms of teams but we must we did like 10 segments about howie and all i mean i i think the world of him i think i identify with him because he's you know he didn't he's not a football player he's he's a short you know kind of nerdy guy from new jersey who started as an intern and made it work and He's freaking awesome at his job. I'm sorry that he runs the team that Cowboy fans hate, but I, I he's he's got to be one of the top three GMs in the league. And a- anytime he does something, like three or four days ago, it came out that the Eagles are in, are, are listening to offers for Darius Slay. And I'm like, he's going to flip Slay for like a third or fourth round pick and turn right around and use his 10th overall pick on the best corner in this draft. And that's how good teams stay good.
1: I mean he last year he like they, they kind of went, I don't want to say all in, but they, they they got quite a bit of guys in the offseason. And he still picked up a one. That's they didn't go
2: all in. That's I think Jerry, yeah, Jerry Jerry said that a few weeks ago, and everybody was like, huh? Yeah. Cause where I'm looking at the Eagles are picking in the top ten. That doesn't sound all in to me. Yeah, but he still picks up a one in an no, off offseason. He's he's that's what I'm saying. He he's so willing to I mean, he is aggressive, mm-hmm. not all in, but he's so willing to be aggressive. He's so willing to think outside the box. The Eagles have picked up so many, and this isn't just this year, but over the years they've picked up so many pieces that that aren't draft picks. Well, I mean – they signed Javon Hargrave to a big deal. That turned out, that worked out great for them. He's a wonderful player. They traded, uh, A.J. Brown is the big one, but they've done so many little trades too. Robert Quinn didn't wind up even doing anything for them, but all he cost them was like a fourth round pick. I remember the the year they won the Super Bowl, they flipped like a, th- a third on draft day for Timmy Jernigan, who was mm-hmm. still a really qualitative defensive tackle. That's the type of stuff I've mm-hmm. been begging the Cowboys to do for years. They do it. Every now and then, like they, you know, Michael Bennett comes to mind, obviously Amari Cooper. They do it like once every couple of years. I feel like the Eagles are constantly doing it. And that's the difference to me.
1: Do you feel like you've kind of been positioned on TV as like, you know, all these shows and networks have a cowboy lover and a cowboy hater, right? They're America's team. Do you feel like you've kind of been positioned as like the homer, like the Dak cowboy homer? It's
2: it's a weird role reversal because here in Dallas, I feel like I'm more of a pessimist. You know, I'm I'm the realist, like, glass half-empty guy, and then I went to L.A., and one weekend I was like, oh, no, like, I'm I'm the cowboy homer. Like, yeah. I, you know, these these pessimistic, like, that's...
1: What is the reaction? You're, you're like,
2: National like, Mickey.
1: What, what is... Oh. <laughs> well, what does Stop. that even mean? What Stop. do you mean by that? Like, what is... Are you there? How, how, how have your... Because you were always very active on Twitter, ton of followers. So, like, how is your cowboy following changed or altered, if at all, on your Twitter feed on TV versus DallasCowboys.com?
2: It feels it feels the same, honestly. I mean, I think again, y'all are it's the same for y'all. Like, we've all been doing this and working in this market long enough. Like, if you care about sports to a certain degree, you're probably following all four of us, you know? So, like, I didn't see a huge change in my audience. I would say, you know again like you go out to LA and I'm I'm just like yeah you know Dax probably Dax like Dax on the fringe of the top 10 he's somewhere between 8 and 12 among quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the NFL my whole career I thought that was a pretty rational take and I get out to LA and it's like this guy he's insane <laughs> and so I think uh I think cowboy fans really appreciated me being willing to go to bat for rational cowboy takes.
3: It's At actually, least I a think bad so.
2: take. it's a bad take to even
1: say
3: fringe. He's top 10.
1: It's, I think Bobby loves Dak more than you do.
2: I don't think, look, I love Dak. I don't think you can say that so confidently mm-hmm. after the season that he had. And look, I understand that there are factors that go into it. I, I trust me. I understand like half of his interceptions were not his fault, all that good stuff. But you end the season, the way he did, I'm not going to go to bat for you as firmly as I might have before the season started. I still on his day, I would put him between 7 and 10, but
1: So how do you balance He wasn't on
2: his day as often <laughs> as I needed him to be this year.
1: How do you balance all this with with Shady McCoy who's probably the ass ass the newest the newest cowboy villain from the fans. Uh it's
2: funny like I I love Shady. He's a lot of fun to work with. He's a really great teammate. He acts like uh he called me the other day to go through details oh it was lamar jackson we were just like talking through he was like so this is what i'm thinking like am i right about this or are you right about that and like, and this is i haven't been on the show in a couple weeks i've been back in dallas and i appreciated that he kind of still wanted to like riff with me and kind of see what my opinion was the funny thing the thing i'll say about shady obviously i don't agree with him about a lot of things especially when it comes to the cowboys I promise you, he's not doing. He's not making. He's not making it up. He firmly thinks that little of everything about the Cowboys. <laughs> he just does. Uh, but it. I. I can't lie. It makes for good TV because. And he also. He knows the things, like especially as it pertains to the Cowboys. He knows the things that are going to get me on edge because I, I'm a pretty easygoing guy. I'm really not a great. I'm not big on arguing. I don't want to argue, but he knows the things that will make me be like, hang on, all right, I got. Uh, I can't let that slide. Yeah. So it leads to some you, good segments. Were
3: you like me where when Dak would play poorly, I was dreading having to come in here and sit? Would Bro, you dread having to go so sit on set with Shady you know, here, when Dak played bad?
2: When you work for the Cowboys, obviously, like it's such a bubble. You know, If the Cowboys lose, you can slink into work and just sit at your cubicle. Hmm. Everybody else in the building is going to be in an awful mood. Nobody's going to want to talk. And so I didn't realize what a blessing that was is like if things aren't going well you can kind of disappear at least in your day to day not so much on the internet but yeah um oh my god dude all last season like every time Dak had a bad moment or a bad game I would just be sitting there like I can't believe I have to go to work and do like 90 minutes of and and you know especially you know the Cowboys were relevant this year it's a 90 minute show I would just be sitting at home like we're going to do half of the segments on this show about Dak Prescott, and I'm going to want to jump oh, yeah. out
0: the window. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better